Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hi there, welcome again to the Inner Edge podcast. Um, I hope you've had a good week, I hope you're well. Certainly for me, the last week, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, yesterday, today's Saturday morning when I'm recording this yesterday, I got out to do a little bit of driving for the first time, long driving, um, up in the northeastern part of Ireland, beautiful little village of Carlingford. I was up there checking out uh, a kind of a venue that I've planned for a leadership retreat called uh, the Thrive Experience in October. And yeah, super place. Never been to Carlingford before. Um, beautiful little village. Uh, kind of reminded me of kind of West Cork vibe. Some of the villages down there, just really, really gorgeous, uh, beautiful scenery. So really looking forward to that. It's just great to get out and about, sit in a hotel, sit in a bar. Um, just, yeah, super. Um, today's episode, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to call it, actually, other than it's to do, or it's been sparked by uh, something somebody said to me around Naomi Osaka. So by the time you see this or get this podcast, uh, the name will have been figured out. Um, <laughs> we probably have to put her name in the title anyway. Um, but it was only yesterday. I, I had a different episode planned. We'll probably do that maybe maybe next week. But I was chatting to somebody yesterday who uh, listens to the podcast regularly, and they had asked what I consider doing, a, giving my take on, Naomi Osaka and what she did recently. Um, I'm quite happy to do it. So I've had a little think about it. I mean, I was paying attention to it anyway. Um, but I think at the essence of it, like for me, it's with someone like this, I, I think, and for every, for all of us, I think doing what's right for you can never be wrong. You know, if, if doing something um, that's, it's not going to hurt other people, but it's for your own well-being. it's for you. It's, it's good for you. Um, it can never be wrong. That that's my my starting point, and I'm going to go and explore this. I think in two ways. I'm going to explore it first of all in the outer way, right? And then I'm going to go because this is the inner edge, then into the inner side of it because uh, I think there's a couple of different angles on this from my point of view. So on the outer side, just to give you um, maybe a quick catch up if you're not completely familiar with this, and you know, like Naomi Osaka is one of the top players in the world women's tennis. I think she's number two at the moment. She's still quite young. She's 23 years old, although maybe that's not young for a tennis player. I don't know, but it is young anyway. Um, and she said uh, when she was in competing last month in the French Open that she didn't want to do press conferences anymore. Um, she wasn't going to attend. And that got a pretty strong reaction from the organizers of the tournament who effectively threatened her with a fine and then suspension. And actually then the Grand Slam organizers came out pretty quickly behind the French Open organizers and said yeah, well, we're going to do the same thing. Um, quite quite a harsh reaction. I remember when I heard it, I remember I was driving, I think somewhere locally, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is this is unusual. Why doesn't she want to do a press conference? Um, and I wasn't clear as to why, other than she said, just she, she doesn't want to kind of expose herself to people who maybe who doubt her, right? Which is, okay, fair enough. Um, but then it came out that she revealed that actually she suffers from depression and these um, press conferences, don't help. Uh, cue a very quick U-turn from 
the organizers who, because obviously the climate that we're living in today, uh, globally in social media and, and awareness and sensitivity around things like mental health and well-being, I think most of them would have been afraid. If I'm, you know, I can imagine the conversation at the business level around them, like let's let's change the narrative here. Let's be the supporters. So now they're all supporting it. Um, but then, to, as of, I think it was yesterday, I heard that maybe she's pulling out of the Berlin Open, which is usually she would use to practice before Wimbledon. So that's probably suggesting she's not going to be in Wimbledon. And it's, it has prompted uh, all sorts of reaction and questions. And I think there's no harm at all in these questions. And I'd have to say straight off the bat, um, I, I admire her for taking the stand. And for doing something that perhaps others have thought about doing, um, but we're afraid to do. Maybe people more experienced, even more senior, um, and maybe just taking, well, this is just the way it is. And I think whenever we just kind of accept that this is just the way it is in any context, whether it's our work, our lives, what's going on around us, um, that causes problems. Um, and uh, certainly I think we're living in a time where maybe more of us need to challenge the status quo because that is the essence of change is the essence of innovation. And I think it's a great opportunity perhaps to kind of explore, um, well, what is the purpose of press conferences and maybe a broader even conversation around um, enabling and supporting the well-being of, of players uh, and beyond. So, I mean, it's funny because I, I, it did cross my mind over the last few months at some point watching some interviews um, for soccer and also for rugby, probably more so for soccer, where I remember just thinking to myself, this press conference or interview is just a complete waste of time because because the interviewers just ask mostly very banal questions and you know I remember even watching was it Jurgen Klopp the manager for uh, Liverpool Soccer Club and just some of the questions he was getting I was trying to put myself in his shoes thinking like you know every now and again a manager will lose it or get annoyed I wouldn't blame them I think most people if they're in that situation the exact same thing will come from them um, and then especially in soccer you, you'll see and if you listen to some of the questions a lot of them are very geared towards trying to trying to find an angle of controversy. Um, and they will say negative things that will annoy or that they want to irk the player or the manager or the coach. But why? It's in the it's in for them, it's trying to get an angle or a headline. And you can see the same thing in, in tennis. So, you know, if I'm a player or manager, my number one job is not is not to provide content for the press, even though that is part of the game. Um, my job is to win and to to make sure that my player or players uh, can compete and be at their best. And if you have somebody around you who is kind of just continuously poking at you, can you imagine if you if that was happening to you every week, how you would feel about it? And I think it's easy to point the finger and say, well, that's they get paid millions and everything else. Fair enough. But um, if there's a problem, or you've been irked, I, I just think there's a, there's an opportunity here maybe to look and step back and look at, well, what's the purpose of press conferences? Um, so this this is me on the outer edge now, and just as, just in passing, I, I did note as well that Zinedine Zidane, the famous uh, French player and also uh, manager of Real Madrid, who left in the last couple of weeks, um, he wrote a letter uh, published, um, I think it was in a Spanish paper. I'm just going to read out to you part of that letter. He just said, "I'd like to take this opportunity to send a message to the journalists. I've given hundreds of press conferences, and unfortunately, we've spoken very little of football." Though I know that you love football, the sport that brings us together. However, and without any desire to criticize our lecture, I would have liked the questions not to have always been about controversy. That we might have talked more often about the game and above all the players who are and always will be the most important thing in this sport. Let's not forget about football. Let's, for, let's care for it. I mean, that's a very telling statement from a great player, great manager, 
Um, and also in the context of what's gone on this year in, in Europe around this super club and everything else, which obviously was just to do with money. And sport has become um, more and more, obviously, about money. So, but what what if we step back on the outer game side and say, well, okay, how could we re-energize the press conferences? I mean, if you look at certain trends, um, even around people's interest in in high performance, I mean, maybe they could reinvent them and do private podcasts with some of the players where they talk about their work ethic, how they approach the game, their nutrition, their mental preparation. Um, you know, most players now are giving their time to podcasts in some contexts. So maybe we could reinvent them around that. Maybe there's a code of conduct that should come in even with some of the journalists to, to at least not be provoking or irking the people that the game is about, whether it's tennis or soccer or rugby, whatever. But then I think there's a, there's a wider um, point here to do with us and the world in general. And if I start to move now into the inner side, the inner edge of things, I think if I'm looking at Naomi Osaki, Osaka, first of all, I would say the bravery on her side to do what she did actually must have been immense um, because I'm sure she must, must have been in a lot of pain to even do what she did. The, the pain must have been very, very high. And, you know, if I was in her team, I think I, you'd have to kind of say, listen, you know, if the press conference is causing that much stress at the moment, yeah, you should be let step away from it. I mean, if you're, uh, if somebody's around you, annoying you, irking you, stressing you, just being nasty with you, I mean, your normal reaction on a human level is to avoid them. Now, that's not always going to be practical. Um, and maybe it's not even always the best thing. But in the short term, if the pain is severe, it's at least you probably have the option. So why shouldn't someone like that? And I think, you know, but, but I think there's another angle on this. So there's the angle of trying to create an environment where we can all thrive, where there is certain maybe code of conduct or rid of respect. At the same time, um, life, business and sports, I mean, reality has to come into it and also you can't avoid like one person's innocent question could be another person's harsh harsh question which brings us inside the person and so you know it's about understanding even what is depression which is a longer conversation I'm not going to get into here but what is it and how can i uh, reduce its impact on me which is very possible in today's world and isn't it amazing and this is this is something i think we can all take out of this isn't it amazing that you pick somebody like Naomi Osaka, and she's not the only one, who can succeed and be a high performer in their field at the very top globally in their game, but still be depressed? I mean, th that should, on one level, encourage us all that like depression should not be um, an excuse not to get into something, not to succeed in your field. In fact, I mean, I've, I've worked with some many people who, once I got to know them well, they realized, oh, yeah, actually, they have suffered from de depression. Um, I'm talking about like even well-known people who are in sports because I've worked with some sports people in, in different contexts, um, but also in business, you know, people, CEOs who you just wouldn't ever think, well, sure, like they're, they're never going to have a bad day or, and you'd be surprised at how many even particular entrepreneurs and, and CEOs and definitely, there definitely is something around uh, entrepreneurs in particular and depression. And I might explore that in a different episode, but I think a lot of the time what you'll find is that in a way, they succeed because of their depression, right? So what does that mean? And um, Well, see, if you get into depression, and essentially at the core of it is, essentially for me, it means that you're paying attention to, your inner voice is kind of gone, let's call it toxic. It's saying things to you that are depressing your spirit, your energy, that are not good for your internal climate. And um, 
as a result of that, you're 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 paying attention to it, not realizing that you do actually have a choice as whether you want to. Like that inner voice isn't you. Most people think it is. And as somebody who has suffered from uh, multiple bouts of depression myself, um, I, I'm very clear. I, I know that that inner voice isn't me. And sometimes when it turns, I have a choice. I don't have to believe it. I don't have to listen to it. But most people don't really know that. Or even if they know it intellectually, they find it very hard to actually create that, that gap between their thinking and themselves, the real them, the, the, the part of you that actually hears that voice. And it's funny. So what happens is a lot of entrepreneurs, they will just become workaholics. They work relentlessly. Why? Because at the back of it all, and they don't even realize this themselves most of the time, they're just trying to get away from that negative inner voice. And that's one of the reasons why they keep themselves busy, why they just keep on doing things um, that challenge them. And that could be not just in business, but also in their sports. That's why an awful, awful lot of the time you find uh, entrepreneur CEOs love kind of challenging sports. Um, that require their full attention. So I think if, if another angle on depression is, you know, it's a mental pattern. And just like a tennis swing or a serve, a tennis serve, that, that's also a pattern. That's a habit. But in today's world, honestly, I just don't think there's any need um, to suffer in, in that kind of way. So I find it interesting that you can be the best of the best, but still be depressed. But that, um, that like Naomi Osaka is not the only celebrity sports person who has suffered from and does suffer from depression. But maybe we could kind of look at this in a slightly different way and say, I wonder, is depression feedback? It's feedback to tell you, oh, I'm I'm given attention, I've gone into thinking that actually is making me feel bad. And you might say, well, that's easy for you to say. You're not in these press conferences or whatever else. Um, fine, but I... I, I I, I have often been in meetings where my mind is kind of going, this is so boring, or I don't like this, or I don't like that. And I've often done this with my clients where I'm saying, you know, if you're that bored, get out of the meeting, but at least they have a choice, right? Or if you need to be in the meeting, if there's an obligation to be in the meeting, which all of us have to do meetings that we don't necessarily like particularly, that, that's part of life, part of business, part of sport. Uh, maybe a press conference on some level is the same. Um, but how do you stay there? The challenge is to not get caught up with your reactions inside, you know, and that is a skill, but it's very possible to sit through something that you don't like or that your mind doesn't like and actually be fully present, but not be internally affected by it. Um, but that requires skill, just like practicing tennis. We need to practice that inner side. And I think that's what excites me about the coming time. Um, so before I get into some questions for you to consider and just a final thought on what we're talking about today, just a little um ask i've done it i'm going to do it more often just because it, it does make a difference if you can like subscribe or share or leave a comment on the podcast whatever platform you're listening to this on i would really 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 appreciate it it does help with um the ratings for the podcast and where it shows up on different algorithms and search engines etc so if you can do that before you go today i would really appreciate it and in particular with this episode today if you think it, there's somebody that you think might resonate with it for different reasons um please share it with them um, so, so some questions, where are you backing off, you know, or where are you telling yourself you just don't feel right yet? Um, and so what I'm taking as inspiration from Naomi Osaka is you can still succeed even if you're not feeling great. Um, that's the first thing. Um, but then in fairness to Naomi, Naomi Osaka, I've got to have a problem with her name there. <laughs> 
she I think she sparked something that will create positive change without a doubt by just by standing her ground and saying you know what don't care I have to do this for me and as I said to you at the start you know what's right for you can't be wrong can never be wrong um again making sure that it's not causing problems for other people it's not being overly selfish but if it's for your well-being you have to do something well then just do it um but what's the inspiration what can we take from her stand i think well where can you stand your ground despite your fear or despite your concern or your pain where can you stand your ground and in today's world you just never know with something like this i mean this podcast what i love about it is that it can kind of end up anywhere um there's people all over the world actually listening to the podcast, which kind of fascinates me at the moment. Uh, <laughs> so you never know. Somebody listening to this might even know Naomi, and, I, and I'd be saying, right, well, you look, Naomi, just in case, remember always that you're not your inner voice. You're the one who hears it. And, and a little bit of a PS, um, Naomi, give me a call. I can definitely help you. Um, <laughs> anyway, listen, food for thought. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, Bye-bye. Take care.